Welcome to Pros and Cons, a show about a variety of topics. I'm Jack. And I'm Kev. Let's talk about the music of 2022. Yes, sir. That time of the year. You already know we give you our favorites, you know, the top five albums. But we also going to give you that trash, <laughs> that thing that just underwhelmed us, for lack of a better word. Yeah. You know, them slight disappointments. Maybe the album's not even that bad, but it's just that we're kind of disappointed by it. We're going to let you know what we think and maybe put you onto some new shit or make you reconsider some of your yearly ratings. So, yeah. All right. So you want to hit us with one of your cons to start it off? Yeah, this is tough because, again, we're talking about disappointments, the people we had high hopes for, or at least we're looking forward to what was coming and they hit you with that soft shit. In other words, that soft core, <laughs> Fushi. Transition was immaculate right there. I mean, <laughs> I didn't even plan that. I was off the top. That was a hardcore transition. <laughs> hardcore. <laughs> Something like she should have done. And maybe if you listen to the album, you'd know. She went a little too hardcore for me when she should have went. Softcore. I don't know. Fushi. Don't know much about her. She's kind of new. I've heard her name. She was just coming up on the scene. TikTok grabbed a hold of her. And I like her features on Steve Lacey's album and stuff like that. But when it comes to her solo stuff, I think her debut album did not vibe with much of it, except for like maybe one song. This is also on my cons list. And I think it's important to mention like all the features she was doing, or at least the ones that I heard, basically R&B features, very singing, heavy, very, you know, pretty vocals. And then this album is basically just some hard rock and I don't even know what subgenre within rock but either way it was not really pleasant to the ears. The cover of it is so dope but it's also so misleading because Bruh. that cover is what I think we both imagined her R&B project yes. would be but then you play it and it's like these do not align at all. That's the thing yeah like the cover or features like what we know of her the title, bro, softcore, you're like, yo, this shit about to, wow. Like, <laughs> and then you listen to it, and it's like, nah. <laughs> Almost polar opposite to everything you were going for. Again, I respect it. If this is what she wants to do, you got to do it. But that's how you make the cons, uh, <laughs> pros and cons music list. All right, so I'm going to bundle together a few here at once. I'm going to put in Maggie Rogers, Surrender, Beba Doobie, Beethopia, and Hatchy giving the world away. All of them are kind of indie rock-ish adjacent. Maggie a little more pop. Beba Doobie a little more indie rock, etc. But they all had projects before some of their first or first couple that I really liked and was looking forward to all of these, but just kind of didn't resonate. None of them even had like one song that I was like, oh, I'm obsessed with this. Like this is going on repeat. They just were all a little, I don't even want to say flat, but just not my personal taste. Every album I'm about to mention, I probably saved the one or two songs from the album, but that's the problem. <laughs> I didn't save the album. Right. So I'll say this one because I kind of feel the same way. Literally the words you just said, not bad. Just nothing really grabbed me except for maybe one song. And that is Sid with Broken Hearts Club. Mm. I tried hard to like this album. It's Sid. We know how we feel about Sid and Sid on features, but just a little underwhelming. Nothing that I think I'll be listening to like next year or two years from now, which sucks. But 
Yeah, I did see a live show of hers this year, which was really good and maybe made me appreciate a little bit of the album some more, but I was pretty disappointed by it too. I'll throw another one. I should have probably bundled it like you. It is R&B Giveon with Give or Take. Oh, God. It was worse than the Yankees season, bro. <laughs> like, talk about a downfall. Damn. This dude came strong with the EPs. Strong, bro. Some of the strongest EPs you've ever heard, at least in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You could probably agree. I don't want to speak for no, you yeah, again. For but sure. We've raved about his voice on here before. Give or take. I, I don't know what's going on. I feel like he's starting to sway to a different lane. Too poppy on some ends and... Some of the more melodic, easy R&B stuff just didn't hold on to my brains like that, like the EPs were. So I hope he goes back on his groove. Some of that good old depressing music, but this one didn't do it. Yeah, no heartbreak anniversaries on this album, unfortunately. Mm -mm. That also is not on my list, but it easily could have been. I'll throw in my last con here. Gonna go with Kendrick for Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Okay, okay. With Kendrick, I feel like the expectations are higher because he's one of the best rappers alive, period. And he's made incredible work. And I don't know, this album, no songs for me, I played that much. I don't want to be one of those like, oh yeah, his earlier music was best, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I do think there's something missing that was in some of those like the self-titled project overly dedicated section 80 good kid mad city like all of that had something that i feel like was missing in this album i can't say i didn't think about throwing it in there and i remember i think i even mentioned it to you i like put it aside or i convinced myself that this was like an art piece type thing (laughs) like it's not about bumping it it's about the meaning and shit which i get it like i literally said i convinced myself of that Mm -hmm. i had to struggle with that argument I did listen to it more than even I realized, I think, but I respect it. For my last couple, I'll bundle them together because they're kind of similar or similar in that I didn't like the same thing about them. And those are Drake's Honestly Nevermind. Wow. And Duckworth with Chrome Bull. Damn. Both hip hop artists, kind of, that could do different things, have good sounds, could kind of sing kind of rap and by no means i'm comparing duckworth and drake (laughs) obviously drake one of the most successful artists ever his album honestly never mind the infamous honestly never mind techno whatever you want to call it house i don't really know the difference much he took a gamble and money wise it paid off trending i guess it paid off too because they made fun of him but he also had a few bangers in there it's just not for me funny shit is i don't hate the album but it's not what i'm looking for from drake so I had to throw him in there. Duckworth. What was it? 4K? The name of his last album? SG8. SG8. That's what it was. It had the song 4K. Beautiful song. That's what put me on. Love the entire album. I feel like there's barely any skips. And I was kind of anticipating something similar. And that boy won the Drake route. There's one or two decent songs. But then it's a little too dancey for my liking. Because I wasn't looking for that from him. I don't know. I thought the Duckworth project was pretty good. I really like Pray, Power, Power. Like, there's good tracks on there for sure. I also like the last one too, but I like this. But maybe I'm just more into this dance kind of sound because I also really liked the Drake album. Could be my favorite Drake album, period. He also put out Her Smell at the end of the year to please both sides or give something to 
a mix of people. I would also add these two were the only ones on the list that I actually did put both albums, like the whole thing on my library. Mm -hmm. So that goes to say, like, I don't hate them. It just wasn't what I was looking for. They don't want to throw anyone else under the bus. So, All right. So those were kind of unranked, but now we're going to get into the top five pros, personal faves and countdown from five to one as usual. But before we jump into it real quick, how are you feeling about your list? Yeah, this is tough. If my hairline looks a little pushed back, it's because <laughs> I've been thinking about this a little bit too much. <laughs> Currently looking at my list, I have a number five, a number four, but that three, two, one, it's a little bit of a scramble. And I'll figure this out. I just got to go in my gut. I'm trying to train myself. I'll say on mine, there were definitely a couple locks. And then for the last few spots, it's kind of been changing around a little bit in the past couple weeks, but I'm feeling pretty good about where mine is at right now. Let's go into number fives. This could have definitely gone a bunch of different ways. Thought about putting Tori Ma here with Mahal, which I thought was one of his best albums in a while since Anything in Return, as far as a complete project. But at my number five spot, gonna go with Kenny Beats with Louie. Okay, okay. Which basically, for people who don't know, he's a producer, worked with a ton of artists over the years, from hip-hop to even rock to all sorts of stuff. But this is basically a project he made after finding out his dad got diagnosed with cancer, and it's kind of a tribute to him. And also this, like, fake radio show his dad used to do with him as a baby, too. But even aside from context behind it, it has a lot of that kind of early Kanye sampling type of sound but also with a lot of modern stuff mixed in at the same time. There's a lot of great guest features, which aren't even listed in the tracks, which I think is cool that he didn't try to just, you know, use people's names for streams and all that. And everyone's kind of used as just textures within it to build out the sound. Some tracks are even just full or mostly instrumentation, but I think the whole thing works and it has a very cohesive and I think also unique sound. And it's 17 tracks in half an hour, basically. So a lot of short ones, but I think it keeps you entertained and engaged. So I knew you really liked this album. I don't know if it was going to make your list or not. One of the ones that I wouldn't have listened to if you didn't give me the heads up for it. But yeah, it's pretty dope. It's in the library. Mm -hmm. well, let's go to my number five. All right. Struggling to say this one. It's like reading the Oscars <laughs> little card. You know, people just read it wrong for fun. Circovement by L.U.J. Mm. But you know what I'm talking about. Yes, sir. Super dope album. I don't know how it came about. Well, I think we talked about the collab project with him and J-Rob. Yeah, that yeah, dropped yeah. at the end of last year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That definitely put me on. Yeah, L.U.J. dropped this solo one and did not disappoint. I really love his vocals. This was all I was playing early on in the year. Literally didn't get tired of it. The song Rat Race has to be... One of my favorite tracks that came out this year. Sounds like a classic, some 90s things. But like modern with the R&B take, the vocals, soft, super, just groovy, fucking smooth R&B. Like, I, I just love it. But throughout, no skips. You'll get a little taste of everything. Some more beat, some more slower, some good vocals. You hear some rap. I wasn't expecting to really like it. Wasn't even expecting for this album to drop. So it's one of those surprises that makes you like the album more just because you weren't expecting it 
Great album. This was definitely one of my favorites earlier in the year, too, because I think it dropped in January or super early for sure. Mm -hmm. I think this would probably go in like my top 10. Pandemia is my favorite song on that, but there's so many good ones. And his voice is just great. So definitely looking forward to what's next. Yes, sir. All right. Next up, a lot of these spots could have gone different directions, moved around, etc. But here we go. I'm going to go with SZA SOS at number four. (laughs) I feel like this is partially me trying not to have too much recency bias because this is literally like a buzzer beater album. Came out right after all the publications put out their best albums of the year list and said, hey, you shouldn't do that early December because someone might drop mid-December and you'll have to change your list. But for me, we were both anticipating this heavy I mean, we didn't even know for sure it was going to be dropping this year until closer to it, but I was always kind of reserving a spot in my top five for this album because I feel like it had the potential. And it's been like five years now since Control dropped her last album. And that I feel like has aged like fine wine. This one, we'd heard some songs, some singles here and there over the years, but this was like the big delivery. This is a hour plus project, goes across a bunch of different genres. Some people think it's maybe too bloated, too many songs, which I'm definitely in general a fan of more concise, more compact albums. But I do get the intention here where she's kind of speaking to this being, you know, a reflection of where she's at, where she's just all over the place emotionally in her life. And I do think it works as like a playlist type of album where you can also jump around depending on your mood, what you're feeling like playing, because it does have a lot of not only different types of genres, but different types of energies, different types of feelings that you might want or not want to go into at a certain point. But I mean, it's like 22, 23 songs, and there's maybe a handful that I'm not super crazy about, but there's a bunch of like solid ones. And then There's a bunch of just favorites that I'll keep playing on repeat. Conceited to Blind to the title track, SOS, Smoking on My Ex Back. Like, there's so many. And I feel like these are also kind of earlier thoughts because we're still in that initial phase of digesting it, but could in the future possibly go up higher. I felt like I'd be disrespectful to throw it at number five, which was where I was going to throw it. (laughs) So I also have it at number four. Oh, shit. <laughs> that recency bias thing where, like, I don't know, I'm in between. Like, I don't know if I want to put it higher because of that. But it's a really good album. Yes, yeah, not disappointing at all. It's crazy. You mentioned it, 23 songs. I almost was like, yo, SZA, calm down. <laughs> like, relax. And now I see, like, hey, you had something there. Like, I'm not even mad now. Except for one song. I think it's F2F. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Should have been in the Fushi album. Get that out of here. Then most of the other stuff I could tolerate. There are one or two other skips, but it's songs that if they do come on, it's fine. But then them highlights, though, them peaks are high. Starting with SOS, which I think is an incredible intro. So fucking fire. Kill Bill's Eye. That's the one that's like trending, you know what I mean? Twitter, <laughs> Kill My Ex, all that shit. Whatever. But Seek and Destroy comes in strong. Love the melody in that. Blind. Come on, bro. <laughs> Come on. That hook, those the vocals, vocals on that. Sheesh. Man, I don't know what it is to like do shrooms you know, <laughs> after that. So good. Don Tolliver, perfect feature. 
wish there were more features. I don't know if you saw that tweet where she said that there could have been more features, but people didn't, you know, do their thing. Yeah, they didn't believe the album was actually being done. <laughs> yeah, can't be mad at the people. This song, you. It's like the girl who cried wolf, I guess. <laughs> but then there's the sweet songs. You got snooze. You got open arms. All that shit. So beautiful. But then you got the t-shirt the rugged songs like the yeah i'm a bad bitch type shit and like whatever gone girl orchestra type shit like instrumentation like yo there's literally everything and yeah i say all this to say this could have made the top three you also dropped this in december SZA, this on you <laughs> so yeah number four SZA. yeah and i'm sure we'll both have more thoughts in the future but moving on to number three for me technically this is a brockhampton album but it's basically a Kevin Abstract album, and that's The Family. This is basically one of two albums that they put out just before Thanksgiving, partially to complete their record deal, because they had signed for X amount of albums, but the group has drifted apart and aren't close like that anymore, which is definitely sad, but this album is basically a look at that from Kevin's perspective and how it went down, different stuff he was dealing with, what he didn't, handle well what he should have done what he could have done but also the highlights and the good times and having that braggadociousness too of their accomplishments which were amazing i mean the trilogy unbeatable and even aside from the narrative side of this going back to this early kanye old school sampling sound and even in the flows i feel like he uses so many different types of yay inspired flows in this and they still feel like him at the same time and even the songs on this album that i wasn't as crazy about at first have grown on me and i feel like it's strong front to back and it's one where if you're not a fan of kevin abstract or are aware of kind of the general brockhampton story maybe it won't hit in the same way but i still think musically alone it's good too and it's just very unique, I think, also to have an artist so honestly and in a raw way talk about something like this where a group or band or just even a group of friends loses their friendship and it is hard and he's being very real about it. So I respect it and it feels like it has a lot of that heart and energy behind it. Also, another one that I wasn't sure if it was going to make the list or not for you, but album isn't bad. I'd throw it in one of those middle albums. I mean, you kind of know how I feel about Brockhampton. They had me with Saturation 1, 2, 3. After that, it was like, give me a break. And then they never really did. But I love them because of that. Like, those three albums to me were like elite and back to back. My numero tres. Gotta do it. What was on fire this year, uh -huh. man? No, them Geminis are different. <laughs> Gemini writes. Steve Lacey took the world by storm. Artists I think we've been both big fans of for a minute. Not to be those people right now, but <laughs> iPhone Project just took us. I remember us raving about it. It all stemmed from Odd Future where the internet, the band, was created from that. He then later became part of that, and then he also put out solo stuff, and it just kept growing and evolving, and now he's like a full-fledged mm -hmm. star solo artist too. Yeah. You've seen the boy grow. We like cousins at this point. It's my <laughs> little cousin, Steve. <laughs> but that's to say, that boy killed it with this one. I mean, everyone knows the track of the year, arguably. Bad Habit. 
definitely the track of TikTok, if that's like a thing. I feel like that's something we have to mention now, even if we don't <laughs> take it serious, because I don't, but it is true. That's how you become popular, and he did. And it was even like a meme or like a funny thing for a while where like people go to his concerts and like literally just sing the hook to that or whatever. But no, yeah. And it's also it's so big that it's also getting hate. No, yeah. It's like a nauseating thing. Like when you hear something so much, you get tired of it. And that's what happened. Like it's so good. You heard it so much. You got tired of it. You got hate. But enough of that. Static to begin with. Another great intro. Also became TikTok famous. Maybe you got something in your nose. You don't start a song like that. <laughs> you got that from Tyler. Tyler always starts with like some weird shit. But Helmet, so fucking beautiful. Love the melody in that. Mercury, come on. Insane. Every track except, I don't even know if I have an except on this album. Like they're all solid. Sunshine, Fushi. I had to mention her because this is one of the highlights. This is why the hype was built for me. Yeah, 10 tracks, all strong. I'll say like to me, six to seven of them are really strong the others are like whatever but still listenable i think a strong recovery from apollo was it the one before that apollo 19 is that or 21 <laughs> but i think it's 19 it is 21 <laughs> came out in 2019 to me 19 made sense because i was like seemed like it came out in 2019 and like i think he was like 19 around that time i think this is a slight step up my number three feel like it's one of those classics at least bad habit is like one of those classics and he has a lot of those sounds that you can consider like retro sounding in mm -hmm. a way which i think helps in standing the test of time and stuff like that yeah well thanks for setting me up for my number two because steve is actually my number two. <laughs> oh shit <laughs> and we didn't even talk about this before and but yeah steve has been my number two most of the year going off what you're saying you know EP came out we're like yeah and I remember bumping that at the apartment a lot and driving around and I feel like based off that I wouldn't say we had certain expectations as far as the type of music necessarily although he does have a specific kind of style to him in a way but more like the potential of where it could go of just him as a musician and then we're talking about the Apollo 21 not 19 mm, but 21 regardless that kind of speaks to didn't have a huge impact it's not bad at all but this album gemini writes feels what we wanted him to do or what we thought he could reach and everything from his vocals to his flows to the production which he does all or most of he went into even another tier with this and not that we didn't think he could get there but he proved it and confirmed it and you were talking about the retro sound I used to kind of think of him as like a Prince type figure, but this album, I got a lot of even Stevie Wonder in just kind of that old school, I don't even know how to describe it, but especially on Give You the World, for example. I mean, just so many good tracks and even Bad Habit, it's big single, everyone knows it like we're talking about. And even for us as fans, usually in that scenario, we might be like getting tired of it too, or... Since it blew up as the most popular one, you're like, uh, that's not the real good song. But no, I think Bad Habit is still amazing. I still bump it without getting tired of it. Still enjoy it. So I feel like that's a good sign in its own, too, that a song that crossed over still is interesting for everyone. And yeah, I mean, he just killed it overall. Well said. I also agree. I haven't gotten tired of any of these tracks. My number two is a little hip-hop album. 
All right. Oh, something special. Not Drake. <laughs> Not Future. I don't know. <laughs> Not Metro Boomin. Not Baby King. <laughs> Not Kendrick. <laughs> Maybe that's your top five. But in my top five, we have Vince Staples Ooh. with Ramona Park. Broke my heart. Let's go. Vince, he did a whole 180 on me, bro. <laughs> Vince been a dope person for the longest time. I don't even know what year he... I don't know if he's ever been mainstream, but respected, I guess. I wasn't the biggest fan. I think I've mentioned it before. I think Vince made my list last year with the album self-titled Vince Staples. He did not disappoint this year either. I don't know what changed. I don't know. His lyricism has changed. I even see it as like hip-hop lo-fi type beats, which I really love. His producers, whatever it is he's working with, is fucking beautiful. I hope he does at least one more project this way. His lyricism has been incredible. Fun still, but they go deep, they go dark, they go mellow. He has the whole range right now. But yeah, DJ Quick, fun, magic, a stable. Love the music video. And then there's the ones that just stick to you. Like when Sparks Fly, I fucking love that song. Easily top five songs for me this year. Love story, almost Kendrick-like. Good Kid, Mad City Kendrick with the stories, symbolisms, all that stuff. I've been golfing a lot. If you follow me, you know that. If you know me, you know that. It became like a staple, no pun, to throw on the golf course. Like, yo, throw that Vince on. Start track one, just let it play. <laughs> and, bro, it just works. It's so vibey. It's like grown hip-hop, but with, like, flavors, not, like, old-school shit. Rock him or like fucking Ghostface or something, which hey, shout out to them, respect. But just like that new version of that, had to throw it on number two. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm totally surprised in general because I know you like this album, but I would not have guessed it being your number two ahead of time. So that's definitely interesting. I mean, like you were saying with Vince, he's a personality. We've been following even just his interviews and stuff for years. He's super funny, super charismatic. And I partially bring that up, too, because I saw an interview he did recently with Pharrell for his other tone show. On it, he was talking about how he used to just kind of make music, put it out because, you know, he was trying to get bigger and always on tour and stuff like that, too. So he didn't have time to really sit with it that much or even fully know, like, what he wanted or how he wanted to do it or how he wanted to make a project that fully represented what he was trying to say and that now that he's had more time and he's in a better place and has learned a bunch of stuff that he can make and refine more of what he really wants to do. Definitely think you can hear that transition in the past two projects especially and even like you said when Sparks Fly, perfect example, kind of this double entendre with a woman and a gun or a partner and a gun and all that stuff and Definitely didn't think it was going to be your number two, but not mad at it. I just thought about this, and I just want to say this on record. <laughs> we don't know our list. We don't know our order. But I think I've done some math. <laughs> I'd even <laughs> like to exercise a fun game. Let's say our number one together. <laughs> Let's go artist name. All right. First, <laughs> on three, two, one. Raven <laughs> Lene. <laughs> With Hypnos for our number one. <laughs> Boo, yay! <laughs> the horn, the surprise. Oh my god. Yes, this is Raven Linnae with Hypnos. This album came out earlier in the year 
actually on my birthday, which was a nice little treat and cherry on top. But when this came out, I mean, it kind of grabbed that top spot and never let it go. Like Steve's album was great and definitely a high contender. Those two were on a tier of their own for me, but I think we could just kind of have a back and forth on this album because maybe as close to a flawless album that I've heard in a long time, next level vocals, next level production. And this is also coming from a little bit of a wade from Crush or EP that Steve Lacey actually produced all of. I mean, we've talked about this album on the show before too, but coming off that, a handful of amazing tracks to our expectations being high from it, but not wanting to, you know, expect too much at the same time. And then she just delivers in full, even beyond expectations somehow. I don't know how that's possible, but this is like a 10 out of 10 album. Easy 10 out of 10. One of the few albums in the last couple of years that I could see myself listening to, I don't know, 20, 30 years from now without being embarrassed, you know? <laughs> You're not going to listen to Honestly Nevermind, you know, 30 <laughs> years from now. I mean, you can, like, it's okay because we know you grew up with it, but it's one of those where, like, your kids or whatever, you know, nephew's going to look at you weird, like, pop, <laughs> like, you really listening to that? But this, this is it right here. This is soul. This is, this is what I think Motown used to feel like, you know? This is new R&B, new soul, angelic voice. We say that a lot, you know? No, but she's the definition of it. Yeah. I feel like it's a term or like a thing, a phrase people use a lot. Like, wow, the voice of an angel. Have you met Raven, though? (laughs) Have you heard her? (laughs) Because this is close to it right here. This is the definition. And that's not disappoint. We can even go to specific tracks. To me, Wish does it, which is the end track. Deep in the world, insane. The second half, especially, of Deep in the World. Oh, my God. Incredible. Like, just put me to sleep. Sing to me. I mean, there's literally a track called Lullaby, too. So good. Again, we're talking about us hyping it up, expecting it. We know what we want. We know what we got from that EP, and we've been waiting for it. And every track on that EP was incredible. But then again, you're like, yo, there's no way. Like, look at (laughs) Giveon, bro. The EPs are crazy, but when the albums come out, not so crazy and she comes and just does not disappoint there's no other album we should throw up there and number one by the way also has great features steve lacy also makes the cut mm-hmm. but also the smino track fire as fuck mm-hmm. <laughs> like love it i really like smino myself love it and the now infamous fushi also <laughs> makes the cut with one of my favorite tracks in the album and mercury which i also thought was interesting i noticed that on both her and Steve's albums, the Fushi collab track are both the second to last one. Interesting. But even listening to this album in full again before we recorded, I was like, this is arguably the best it's ever sounded. Like it's just aging incredibly. I feel like it's an easy, no skips, front to back album, consistent, flows perfectly throughout. It's hard to even pick favorite tracks too. Like Venom is a bop second half of deep in the world like i said incredible where i'm from like there's so many and so many incredible different vocal pockets and everything it was always going to be number one yeah i mean if you haven't already go fucking stream this give it a shot i do have a few honorable mentions bad bunny but i know i was actually going to bring this up as what i think is objectively the top album of the year I mean, not even just in streams, which it was also, but just in the impact 
and hearing it played mm-hmm. and everyone being into it, I feel like it was the album that I think of for 2022. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those where, yeah, I feel like we could have easily gotten roasted if we didn't mention it at all. It's just Bad Bunny. I'm not afraid to say how I feel about it. I can't listen to three Bad Bunny songs in a row, bro. I got tired. Don't get me wrong. Love the dude. <laughs> makes bangers. I have all his albums saved. And it's weird. Like, I don't even listen to this album. I don't play the album. Somehow, I know the lyrics to like half the songs. <laughs> That's how impactful this dude is. I'm not even joking. Amazing music. I mean, the dude's selling out 90,000 stadium tickets multiple times each city. It's insane. Like, this dude's taking the world by storm. So, yeah, had to shout him out. Could have easily made probably even your top five. But I'll throw in there Smino, Love for Rent. Really likes Mino. He's been growing on me lately. Doesn't do it enough because his songs are on and off for me. Like, I either love him or I wouldn't say I hate him, but I could pass on him. But I feel like one of these days he's going to drop something that I like the whole thing. I also like to throw in there Sonder. It's a release. Brent Fire's little group dropped. It's like an EP. A lot of the songs were songs we've heard before, like soundcloud stuff but it's finally on streams i don't do soundcloud so i don't listen to them much just when they pop up eventually every now and then in youtube and shit when i play music on my computer also just shout out to regular brent with wasteland i hated the skits on the album all the middle stuff but there's some of the tracks i like and shout out to baby keem dude has a bright future one of the new faces of rap looking forward to his future work but yeah, some bangers on that album that I'll be listening to for a couple of years for sure. Yeah, I'll just mention real quick to finish it off. I brought up Toro Mob before with Mahal. That's definitely in honorable mentions. Omar Apollo's album Ivory kind of has a similar playlist-ish vibe to me as Scissors in a way. Not as extensive, but similar type of approach in my opinion of just kind of trying out different genres and all that. LUJ's, like you mentioned, that's in there too. And then I'll mention one other EP by Yune Pinku, Y-U-N-E-P-I-N-K-U, who put out this little dance project, but just kept going back to it throughout the year. And it's really short, but addictive to just replay over and over. So I'll throw that in there as well. And yeah, so as usual, we focused on albums. We're also in the show notes for this episode, going to put links to our personal favorite songs of the year playlist from each of us if you want to check that out because obviously it's too much to discuss a bunch of individual songs but yeah otherwise i think great year for music overall but yeah that wraps it up for this episode of pros and cons i'm jack you can find me at jack from summer summer with an o on everything and i'm kev you can find me at same old kev pretty much everywhere 2023 let's get that frank ocean album please for the love of God. Watch out for that Kendrick J. Cole collab. Okay. Oh <laughs> Peace. Peace.